0: Hola, are you a Latina or woman of color new to marketing and need tips for landing that first job? Or maybe you are a new business owner looking to implement new marketing strategies for your business or just looking for personal development tips to advancing your career? I am Vanessa Parra, your host, hospitality and travel marketer, and now your marketing bestie. I will be spilling the tea on everything I know on how to land that marketing job I will share behind the scenes of being a Latina in marketing and shedding light on barriers and struggles people of color face, especially when you're the only one in a corporate setting. I will also touch on manifestation tips that have helped me attract my dream career slash life. But most importantly, I will be spotlighting other influential Latinos and people of color marketers from our community. So grab your cafecito or drink of choice, and let's listen in. Welcome to Influence with Cultura podcast. Welcome to another episode of Influence with Cultura. I am your host, Vanessa Parra. Welcome. I hope your weekend or week is going well. This past week, I've been on social media. I've just been super busy at work and my personal life, and I've just been exhausted and getting home really late, getting up really early. So I apologize for those of you that follow me on Instagram and TikTok. If you don't follow me, make sure to follow me at the Latina Travel um, Marketer. And yeah, it's just been a really busy week. Uh, Today, I took the day off and I've just been resting, but I wanted to create this uh, podcast episode, even though this upcoming week is going to be really hectic as well. I will be traveling for work. I'm going to a internal marketing conference, which I'm excited because I love attending conferences and webinars and trainings and anything that has to do with marketing. I love doing that. And when your company provides that kind of stuff, for me, it's not necessarily about the content because I have a feeling a lot of the content they're going to be sharing. I probably already know, but it's more because I get to network with other marketers within my company because I do work for a very big company. And I love that. I love connecting and meeting other marketers that are pretty much doing the same thing that I'm doing. But obviously, everyone has their own spin, their own way of doing things. So you get to learn from one another, give each other tips, make friends. And that's one of the reasons why I created this marketing podcast for Latinas in Marketing in hopes that I'll be able to create a community of yatinas in marketing and do the same thing. Or maybe we can do either in-person or virtual meetups and just talk about everything that we're doing, the struggles that we're facing, trends that we're seeing, and just to help one another out, you know, and learn from each other and help grow in our marketing careers and form connections with other marketers. So super excited. Again, if you're not following me on social media, follow me and I will be sharing stories um, of everything that I'll be doing. I'm going to Houston, Texas. I've never been to Texas, so we'll see how it goes. Okay, so if you haven't had a chance, I hope you listened to the previous episode, which was episode 21, where I talk about um, what is a destination or travel marketer. For those that don't know me, I am a marketer in the travel slash hospitality slash destination um, industry, and it's all together pretty much. I've worked in different areas related to that, so my experience in marketing has to do with more about that industry. And um, I know a lot of you might not know what it is, so I shared my experience. Um, tasks that a marketer in that industry would do and i also mentioned that because it is travel and hospitality i do tend to work with a lot of travel influencers and i remember when i first started my marketing career and i had always known about influencers right but i didn't really understand the power of an influencer and i didn't really understand how it worked how brands worked with influencers So I remember the first time I worked with an influencer, the first thing I thought was like, wow, that's so cool that you get to get paid trips, free um, hotel stays, get to experience fun things in different areas for free, and all you have to do is take pretty pictures on Instagram. That was my mentality at first when I first heard about influencers. But once I became more familiar with hospitality, with travel, and really learned the benefits and the pros of working with an influencer, did I realize or see that, wow, it's more than pretty pictures and getting free, you know, things like hotels and food and stuff like that. No, like, There's people out there that, are influencers, that are really taking this whole thing seriously. And it's a business. It's not a side hobby. It's not something that they're just like, oh, whatever. No, the real influencers out there are managing this as an actual business, are portraying or carrying themselves as an actual uh, business owner, and then sees us, the brands as their client. And in other words, they're marketers too. I don't think a lot of people will associate influencers as marketers, but if you really think about it, they are marketers because they created a personal brand where they're able to tap into their own audience and help promote products and services for brands. So that is pretty much marketing, you know, and you can also charge brands to promote their products and services, um, depending on the, the key performances, indicators, or the campaign that the brand hired you for, um, it all ties back to sales. So at the end of the day, influencers are marketers. And if they are um, savvy enough, or not savvy, but knowledgeable on the things they should do up front. Um, they can actually have very successful careers. I know it's probably going to be a long term game to get there. Like, I don't think you're going to be able to become an influencer overnight. But if you're really committed, um, I think there are ways to become an influencer and get paid and again, manage it as a real business. So because again, I've worked with influencers and I'm on the brand side, so I know what brands look for, at least in the hospitality travel industry. Um, I wanted to share some tips for newbies in travel, in, influ, as a travel influencer or content creator, on ways to help you become a really good influencer. And um, I also. Was thinking like if I wanted to become a travel influencer, which I can create a whole another podcast episode where I actually dabbled in it, and it was going pretty well. Like I was surprised like how well it was going, but at the end of the day, even though I loved doing what I was doing, um, it just didn't fit my lifestyle. I, if I was single, and when well, when I was single, influencer wasn't really a thing. But I feel like if this would have happened to me when I was in college or when I was single, oh my God. And knowing everything that I know, I totally would have invested and done it. But now, um, at least in the travel sense, it's a lot of work. It's not just taking pretty pictures or selfies or whatever. No, it's a lot of work. And my schedule just wouldn't fit with that type of influencer um tactics or tasks like it just I tried it and that's so much fun and like I said I was trying to pick up a following but in marketing especially in hospitality and travel if you listen to the boss episode I love it but it's very time consuming because you work around events around seasons around campaigns around like important things so your schedule's never the same there's times I work, Eight hours. Sometimes I work twelve hours. Sometimes I work six hours. It just varies, so it's very unpredictable. And then on top of that, where I work, the weather is very unpredictable, which can affect like your photos and your video and stuff like that. And then on top of that, I'm a wife and I'm my mom, so it's just it's too difficult for me. I'm not saying it's impossible because I know a lot of influencers out there that have a uh, that have kids and have other things going on. But I guess personally, it just wasn't my main passion. It's like a side passion that I'm hoping in the future I can incorporate that in my brand. But for now, I would rather just help you if you were thinking of becoming a a travel influencer or content creator. And a lot of the tactics or tips that I'm about to share Probably can apply to any type of influencer. It doesn't have to be a travel influencer. You could be like a beauty influencer or a food blogger or whatever. Um, But because my experience is in travel, most of the tips are more towards that type of influencer. Okay. So the first thing I would suggest if you want to become a travel influencer is to pick a niche and create content around that. So I'll give you some examples of niches. Um, when you think of a travel influencer, travel is so broad. There's so many things you can be talking about. But if you really want to see fast growth in like your social media or in your following or whatever that you do, you decide to do, I would definitely niche down. And there's different ways to niche down. You can niche down on the type of subject or content that you want to create your content around. So say um, you are like a foodie person and all you want to do is share content regarding restaurants or even within that, you could even be more specific, maybe um, Latin inspired food. So anything related to, you know, to that type of cuisine. Or maybe um, you want to share content about wine and just talk about the different types of wines, different vineyards, different um, wine clubs, or memberships that you're part of, and then um, work with different wineries and maybe be part of their affiliate program. There's just so many things you can go um, through that route. Or maybe you love beer, right? And beer's your thing. So Again, maybe you write about or talk about beer and the different types of beer and maybe how beer can pair really well with specific types of foods. And then on top of that, like talk about certain seasons. So maybe, I, I'm sorry, I'm not a big beer person. I'll drink beer once in a while, but I'm not a beer person. So I, if I'm pairing things together, that just don't sound right. I'm sorry. Let's um, see, for example, a certain type of beer pairs really well with a steak, right? Or on a hot summer day, maybe a specific beer, uh, you know, tastes really well because it's super hot outside. And then, so stuff like that. Or maybe another type of uh, niche could be, like, just experiences. Are you talk about, our experiences like hiking or, or um, surfing, if you like to surf, or well watching or theme parks, and all you talk about are theme parks. Um, And then within that, you can down where, say, you are a family. Uh, Working at a theme park, we would come across a lot of influencers that their pages were all about going to different theme parks that are family-friendly, you know? And then there were other influencers out there that were like, for grown-ups, you know, Um, things that you wouldn't know, either like a Disneyland or other theme parks for people that are 21 and over, you know, about certain events or bars or stuff like that. Um, you can also uh, niche down related to the sustainability or just talk about events. There's just so many things and the list can go on and on, on and on and on. And I have some other tips that I'd like to share. Um, So I don't know if I'm going to have time to cover everything or if I'm going to do like a two-part series or I don't know. Hopefully you follow me on Instagram or TikTok and let me know if these type of subjects interest you and I can create more content around it. So just let me know. Anyways, going back to niching. So there's just so many things you can write about. And then when you're niching down, also know your audience. That's another perfect way to really... Grow so is your audience all females or maybe females that are millennials or Gen Zs or maybe your targeted audience um, you know are moms or like for me for example when I was starting my travel blog that I wanted to start um, I called it Vive Monterrey so for those of you that don't know I live in Monterey County i worked for the Visitors Bureau so I know how to promote destinations right and I always saw the lack of diversity in this area but yet there's like amazing restaurants and businesses and things to do that were owned by Latinos that a lot of people don't know about and so that's that was my niche pretty much where I wanted to just highlight and spotlight these type of businesses and then on top of that I wanted to share a lot of experiences that a lot of people especially Latinos, don't know about because in other episodes I've talked about it. I hate to say this, but sometimes we have limiting beliefs when it comes to money or doing things that we're not used to. And you might not do stuff because you think like, oh, it's too expensive or I don't fit in. I'd feel very uncomfortable. But being part of this industry, I've been so blessed and lucky to try different things. And when I get to try things like that, I'm like, wow, this is so amazing. Like so There's so many people out there that need to know about this, but I want to share it in a way that people in my community can understand and really appreciate and want to do it. So like I said, I really enjoyed doing that um, because my audience were like specifically Latinos and mostly like millennials, but I was attracting, based on my analytics, I was attracting like Gen Z's as well. And then a little bit of, um, I forgot what generations before millennials, but like the older people. (laughs) Um, but anyways, so really know your audience. So you know what type of content to create. Okay. Once you figure all, you figure that out. And again, if you decide to start with one audience or one niche, you can always change it. So don't feel like you're stuck with that specific audience or niche. You can start off and then I would evaluate, evaluate your content, look at your analytics, see what's working based on that, create more content, and then eventually you'll find out who your audience is and what niche uh, works best for you. Um, but when you are creating content, I highly suggest, um, and I know you can start off with one first because doing two would be a lot of work unless you have the time for it. But I would definitely suggest video and blogging. And with video, um, yeah, you can do YouTube, but short form video will probably get you reached faster than YouTube. YouTube's more like a long term game, but at the same time, you'll probably get a better loyal audience off of YouTube. So it just really depends on your lifestyle if you have the time to do that kind of stuff because editing a YouTube video is way different than edi- editing like a real or a TikTok video. Um, but if I were trying to be a travel influencer, I would definitely do Instagram and TikTok and I probably focus more on TikTok just because TikTok has SEO. So when people are doing like a simple Google search for specific areas or specific things, your videos on TikTok will pop up. I'm not sure about Instagram, maybe, but it won't show up as fast as TikTok. But everyone knows that influencers use Instagram as well. So I hate to add a third component to your strategy, but I mean, if you're already posting videos on TikTok, I would literally just repurpose it on Instagram and obviously just switch it up so it fits um, Instagram's like algorithm and everything that performs better on Instagram. But I would definitely start with video, but to see like long-term success. You definitely, I suggest that you create a blog. Again, going back to, um, SEO search engine optimization, you'll get, a, you'll be found maybe not a, right away. Maybe it'll probably take a year when you're creating blogs consistently but those blogs and blog posts will be found years to come and if you're creating content that's evergreen evergreen means that it's not dated so for example here in uh, monterey county in november uh there's an area in pacific grove called the monarch sanctuary where a bunch of beautiful monarchs come and migrate in this area so it's like a little like park that looks like you're in the woods it's really beautiful and you look up in the trees and there's a bunch of monarchs like it's a tourist spot people will stop by and look at them so say if i were to create a blog on that (laughs) maybe right now it wouldn't be found but if i really take my seo strategy seriously and use like different softwares out there that are available to use certain keywords in about a year, I'm pretty sure my blog post would be found. And this type of content is on an annual basis, right? So it's going to happen again next November of 2024. And then again. Um, but I know, not to be a Debbie Downer, unfortunately, um, the monarch population is de- decreasing. So maybe next year it might not be as full as now. But either way, that's considered evergreen because it's not dated. It doesn't mean that it just happens once and then it'll never happen again. No, it will happen again next November. So content like that. And so that's why I think it's very important to have both video and a blog. But I know it's a lot of work. So I'd start off with one or the other and then add the second component. And you don't even have to like... reinvent the wheel, like literally maybe create the video and then transcribe it and then turn it into a blog and just add photos. Um, that's, I don't know, just stuff like that. Or write the blog and then pull like key things that you talked about your blog and then turn it into a short form video where say if your blog has five tips or five things to see, your video has three and then encourage them to read the blog. So stuff like that. So that's another thing that I would definitely focus on. but but before creating all this type of content, you really need to create a content calendar and really plan out even for like I would say like the whole year. but if you want if you don't want to be like me, a pre-planner or a planner uh, who obsesses, obsesses on planning ahead of time, maybe three months out, but any content that you create should be three months out because think about it, when it comes to travel, say you're sharing about like right now that we're going into um, the holidays and winter, I would have started promoting, uh, promoting um, places to visit or travel around winter time or like during the holidays back in July. Because that's when people are planning their trips, booking their flights, booking their hotels. If you wait until that actual month, that actual season, I'm not saying that you won't get um, engagement or reach or followers. You probably will, but they most likely won't be like loyal followers because they need a solution right now. They're trying to figure out what they want to do for the holidays, and if your content's out there ahead of You know, ahead of time to provide value and great tips, then people will be able to plan their trips ahead of time. And that's why it's very important to create a content calendar. And I would start off with where you live. If you're blessed like me and live in a very tourist destination, that's even better, you know, because you probably know the area really well. You know what happens in every season, what events or places to visit. So I would literally put that down in my content calendar and then start creating content ahead of time and start promoting ahead of time. The other thing you really need to consider when creating your content, besides pulling from your content calendar, is searching for keywords that people are looking for, you know? So there's different softwares out there. Oh my God, like there's keywords everywhere. Um, there's other software, I, I can't remember the name of it, where you can literally type in like a phrase or a sentence and then it'll populate specific keywords to use in your content to help you be found on like Google or YouTube or whatever. And if you don't want to pay for those um, specific platforms, which are not expensive at all, I think it's like $15.99 on some that I've used in the past. Say at the beginning, you don't have the money or you don't want to spend money doing that. Go to YouTube, type in, like for me, for example, um, I would type in Monterey in the fall or Monterey in the spring or things to do in Monterey in the fall and see what populates and look at the different phrases or keywords. And then I would include that in my videos, in my copy, in my blog, everything that way to help You know, people find your videos and your blog. So definitely consider doing that before writing any type of content. And I really want you to consider these tips because something that I noticed, which I'm not going to say what company or where, you know, because I don't want to get in trouble, but there's times I've seen companies create content just to create content. And you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to create content that your ideal follower or audience or customer is looking for that actually wants. Because if you just create content just to create it because that's what you feel like creating, you're wasting your time and people are not going to follow you. They're not going to consume it because they don't care. I hate to say this, but as an influencer, people follow you because of the value, because of the tips that you're providing them to make their lives better or easier not because of you, not because you're beautiful. I mean, yes, there's weird people out there that might follow you because you're beautiful, which if you're beautiful, kudos to you. I think everyone's beautiful in their own way. Um, But you should definitely create content that your ideal audience or follower cares about. So always keep that in mind when creating your content. The other thing I would definitely do right away is do some type of like branding photo shoot. That way you could add it to your blog, your media kit, and your social media channels. And when I say branding photo shoot, I wouldn't suggest like going and spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars with a professional photographer. I mean, if you have the money and you want to do that, awesome. That'd be great. But to start off with, like you can literally do all that on your iPhone. I would just have like your friend, which I'm sure a lot of girls. I don't think I'm going to those. Uh, I'm really, I do really well at taking photos of, like, food and scenic shots because that's what I do. But when it comes to, like, actual people, like, that's not really my thing. But I know a lot of my friends and a lot of uh, family members that they're really good at taking selfies and taking photos of other people. And so if you have a friend that does that, perfect. Buy her dinner. Uh, buy her something. Invite her to a spa day. I don't know, something. And just ask her if she wouldn't mind spending a day with you. And if she could take photos, I would go on Pinterest and really create like a mood board and figure out different uh, photos or scenes that you would like to to portray as your personal brand, as your blog. So for example, for me, because I was trying to showcase the area, which is like a beach town, um, my photos were like at the beach or with. Um, at iconic like tourist spots, like Cannery Row, and stuff like that. So again, depending where you live, um, you might not have tourist spots like I do, but I'm pretty sure there's places or areas that are well-known, even if you live in a really small town, use that for now. And that way you can use those photos and be consistent in your branding on your website, on your media, media kit, on your social channels. That's another thing you should definitely create a media kit even if you don't have any followers yet, just to have it ready, ready to go because you never know like who's watching you, maybe there's a brand out there that sees your content and really wants to work with you. Because like I mentioned in past episodes, brands want to work with nano or micro influencers especially If you're like a local influencer and you can share experiences at their businesses, at their locations. So definitely consider taking some photos and start off small. Start Start off with your iPhone and then eventually when you start making money, invest in a professional photographer. The next thing I would definitely invest in is a branded email address. So not a personal address like at gmail.com or y- yahoo.com or whatever. I would actually pay for a branded email address that that has the name of your brand, right? So if you have a name for your blog or for your account, I would create an actual email address or if you don't have a name, have your name, but um, I don't know, just like make it look like a professional email address not a gmail.com because when brands see that um right away they think like oh this person is not a legit influencer or they don't carry themselves as a business and they might lowball you i hate to say this but the way you portray yourself on social media and in your media kit in your uh social media channels uh the way yeah you carry yourself then that's much the brand is willing to pay you, especially as an influencer, um, you are under the microscope. People are watching you, they're looking at everything that you do. And so that's why it's very important that you come off professional. The next thing I would start doing immediately is um, investing in an email service provider and start growing your email list. And you might say, why, I'm not selling any anything. Yes, but that's the beauty. When you're first starting off, you want to get people to subscribe to your email list because they like you, because they like your content. And you need to nurture those relationships on, on an email. So that way, when your email list is bigger, like a minimum of like 500 subscribers, and you decide like, hey, I'm going to work with a brand and I'm going to become an affiliate. Or maybe you decide like, hey, I want to start selling merch. Or I want to start a course. Or I don't know, whatever you want to do, you have an audience of loyal people who really like everything you offer and they trust you because they've been following you for a while. So when you're ready to make that offer and provide services or products, you're going to get bigger return on investment because you've been nurturing those people. And you can say, well, isn't that what social media is for? Yes. But the problem with social media is that everyone that follows you doesn't see your content all the way. You only reach like 3% of your followers. So that's why it's very important that you have an email list so you can nurture them offline. And in order to get people to sign up for your email list, you need to provide or create a lead magnet, something that people are willing to give their email and their name you know, for. Um, something that helped, or I did, that people, I'd actually worked. A lot of people were subscribing to my email list. I created a customized event calendar. So again, I'm very familiar with the area, and I'm all about events. So I created an events calendar. Where I did it for every season. So maybe like for fall, I would have been like, I created a guide pretty much or an events calendar where I listed all the events in fall in Monterey County. And Monterey County is pretty big, so there's different cities. So I would promote that on my social media channels, on my blog, with people letting them know, like, hey, if you're planning to be in the area um, in the fall, you should definitely check out these events or look at these events, and then that way you can plan your trip or your hotel or your restaurants around these events. So imagine by doing that, not only am I growing my audience, nurturing my audience, but I'm also able to pitch myself later once I have a larger following to local areas and businesses and be like, look, I'm promoting these events in the fall. And they're going to need a hotel to stay at. They're going to need restaurants to eat at when they're here. So pay me pretty much and I'll help promote and market your business. So it's a win-win for everyone. So that's why it's very important that early on you create a lead magnet and have an email list and keep growing that. The next thing I would do is I would go to local businesses and ask to interview them and take photos of their products and services. And I know it might be a little intimidating, but when you're starting off, the biggest way to grow as an influencer is by creating connections. And small business owners, not everyone, but for the most part, they love talking about themselves. They love showcasing their businesses and then especially if they had a really tough upbringing and they suffered a lot to get their business going if you are able to share that story and interview them oh my god they'll definitely do it even if you don't have a large following because think about it if someone came up to you and said hey can I interview you and depending on what it was but it's but if it's to share your story show off your products and services. You would totally say yes. And then that would and then by you doing that, you'd go and then you'd ask me to take photos of your products and services, and I would take as many photos and of products and services as I could, and I would store them, and then that way in the future if I created more blog posts or more social media posts, I have a library of photos that I can pull from and I can include those photos in my videos. So if I had like an itinerary or things to do in the fall or whatever, I would be able to pull those photos. And it was all because I interviewed that one person. Another thing you can do is, and I I personally did this as well, I wanted to create like a blog on the top five breweries in the area to visit in the fall or something like that, right? And I reached out to a lot of the different um, breweries and I tried to find who the marketer was, or sometimes I would just DM them through social media because since they are fairly small, most likely the one managing the account might be a marketing person or might be the owner or maybe, I don't know, the owner's son or daughter, but there's an actual human being. You don't have to go through so many people. And I would tell them, like, hey, I'm thinking of creating a blog or a post on this subject. And I wanted to include you. Is it okay if I grab one of your photos from your Instagram or Facebook? And, of course, give you photo credit. So that's the other thing. If you take photos from them, you have to ask permission. And you need to give them photo credit. Because if not, you can get sued. (laughs) So make sure that you ask for permission. And then at times they might be like, oh, you know what? We're actually planning to launch a new beer. So that's just an example. Um, we, have, we just had photos taken. Can I email them to you? And then you're like, yes, this is my email. I would ask them to email it to you, not send it through social. Why? Because by doing that, you have their email address. And then I would nurture that connection. And in the future... Um, again, you're going to just give, 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 saying like, oh, I'm writing another blog post. Can I stop by another day and take a photo or, you know, different stuff like that. And eventually they're, they're going to see like, oh, wow, this person keeps talking about us They keep promoting us. They're so nice. And, and then it's going to get to a point where eventually you're going to go to them and you're going to put your marketing hat on. And you're going to tell them like, hey, I have ways or I have ideas to help promote your business. Can we set up a time, and I can share my ideas. And because you've been promoting their business for free, because you've been doing stuff, there it's going to be easier for them to trust you and want to invest in you being an influencer, or maybe even you know manage their social media accounts. That's the beauty of this: is that you can do different things. You can be an influencer and get paid to promote products and services, or you can get a social media job, or Be a freelancer and get them as clients. So just keep that in mind. Okay, I have so many more tips, and I don't want this podcast episode to be super long. So I wanted to talk about more things, but I think I might just leave it at that. If you want me to create a part two of this podcast episode, please, please subscribe to this podcast, follow me on Instagram or TikTok at the Latina Trouble Marketer. And please send me a message letting me know that you enjoyed this podcast episode and that you want the part two. Because I had to stop. <laughs> I have so many more tips to give you, but again, there's only so much time I can do that in. So I hope you really enjoyed this podcast episode. And these are my tips if I decided I wanted to become a travel influencer, or if you're a newbie to becoming a travel influencer, these are this is my advice to you, and I hope you learned from this episode. And yeah, let me know your thoughts. Well, again, don't forget to follow me, and I'll be sharing my journey this week while I'm at that conference. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to another Influence with Cultura podcast episode. Want more? Head to influencewithcultura.com or go to my show notes to subscribe to my newsletter. So you can be the first to know about any new programs and episodes. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave me a review and take a screenshot of this episode and tag me on IG at the Latina Travel Marketer so more kick-ass Latinas and women of color marketers can know about this podcast. If you are ready to up-level your marketing and social media career, I invite you to book a discovery call to see how I can best support you. Now remember, you are an asset to any organization and are ready to start that business. You got this. Talk to you next week.